Tailgates Tips and Takes. I'm your host, Brendan Peterman, with a special guest host, Troy Olson. I've been given a hall pass by Lewis because he is unfortunately not available. But today, the college football gods have given us so much bounty. But to quote Lewis before I say hi to Troy, Lewis does send his regards and about USC and UCLA, which we're obviously talking about. He says, this is dumber than when Kyrie <laughs> Irving said the world was flat. He's not wrong. He's not. And welcome, Troy. Uh, miss you, Lewis. Uh, we, we could not pass up an opportunity to talk about this, especially when uh, our, our very first pod, you and I, in our aforementioned name, uh, <laughs> how do I put this nicely? Um, we kind of called this. We, we talked a lot about it, and it was hard. You know, I, I'm still waiting for the destruction of the NCA, which I'm kind of living for at this point because I hate the NCA. But little oh, by dead. little, we're seeing, we're seeing that happen with NIL and, and now Super Conference is coming to be. So the Pac-12 never saw this coming from what I was reading. And I didn't see this coming. I don't think you saw this coming. I, you know, I'm at work, and I, I get to listen to my radio a lot when I'm at work, and I'm driving around, and – I hear a little snippet from a sports radio show and they say USC and UCLA are going to the big 12. And I was like, no. So immediately I called you like, you're just my guy when something like this happens. And I I called you right away and I'm like, or I text you and I said, is this for real? And you said, well, I'm seeing it everywhere, but I don't know. And so then I got into one of my sports groups that I, that I'm in and I said, the USC UCLA thing to the Big Twelve, that's not real, right? That's that's bullshit, right? And guy links me a tweet from USC and it says, USC to join the Big Twelve in twenty twenty three. And I checked my watch. It's not April first. No April Fool's Day. This is really happening. Well, it's twenty twenty four. I said twenty three, didn't I? They can't Sorry. yeah, they, they can't they can't get is the previous topics, they can't get divorced quick enough in that well, instance, I don't think. Yeah, who knows? Because look at Texas and Oklahoma. They weren't supposed to go until 25 or 26 or something. And the Big 12 essentially, you know, you're not breaking up with us. We're breaking up with you and, you know, told them to get out. So they're I, getting I, to leave early. I agree with such that statement. The, the bigger, I, I mean, first of all, when you sent it to me, I, I'm a huge fan of Animal House, but I blew Tarski. Um, I went, holy shit. Holy shit. Like, and then I started singing, you know, the choir and I'm now there's a way there's a way to battle the SEC. There's a way to force the playoff. There's a way to control the playoff because now, as we've discussed in previous pods on this podcast, they're going to wait till ESPN's money comes up. Fox is in bed with the big 10 in a big way. Everybody's going to bid enough to where they get a piece of the buck. I don't think the house of mouse just drives this anymore. Well, and I, I mean, I don't care who's driving it and I don't, we were talking about, I don't know if we're done yet or not. It's hard to say. I would kind of hope so. Cause I think 16 is about perfect for, for what you're trying to do. It gives you, you know, seven games against your conference and then two or three games against your division opponent, plus your cupcakes. And you have your schedule of 11 or 12 games and you're ready to go. And I, so I think, I think 16 is about perfect. It, it gives the championship game some reason and all that jazz. But I just, man, oh, man, I did not see this coming. They are the first conference to touch both coasts, I'm pretty sure. 
I, I just believe that they should be called the Coast to Coast Conference. They should be. They really should and, be at this point. And I guess I, I suppose people know, especially for you, that you're a Penn State guy. I'm a Nebraska guy. So as weird, it's still to this day, it's weird to say, but we're both big, big, tw- uh, big 12 guys or big 16 guys. But it's it'll never stop being weird either because or not I'm sorry not big twelve not big, big 10, ten sorry slash God, big look at these numbers are a mess I mean yeah. um used to be a big twelve guy and it's weird hard. to be a big twelve sorry, guy math hard yes yes <laughs> it is well apparently for college football conferences especially um that's why they should have never had they should have had no, never had number names anyways especially like the big twelve didn't they learn their lesson being the big eight and then you know bringing in the four Southern schools and having to be the big 12, they should have just at that point changed their name to, you know, something cooler, but it is what it is. That's not why we're here. But anyway, so adding SC and UCLA, SC is trying to rebuild their program. You see they're both historically good programs, but they're both kind of like Nebraska and aren't real good right now. Although Lincoln Riley, if you believe the hype is going to bring SC back to, you know, a dominance level, which I guess is good for the Big 12, or I'm sorry, the Big 10. I did it again. I guess that's good for the Big 10 because supposedly, you know, it makes everybody better. But damn, I uh, I don't know. It, like you're saying, SC is, is or um, the SEC is, is driving college football. And does this do the adding those two teams make the Big 10 as good as the SEC? I don't think so. I, I think the nationwide thing helps. Um... They stretch from New Jersey all the way to obviously Southern California. Um, Recruiting-wise, this actually helps USC and UCLA more, I believe. Um, It will affect other um, sports even greater, baseball, softball, basketball. I mean, like, there's, there's implications here. UCLA is one of the most storied programs of all time. So, you know, you have to, you have to be there. When I look at this, I, I, what are the other dominoes that are going to fall? Um, you know, which conference gets rated next and by whom? If I'm Baylor and I'm, let's say, Kansas, I take the next call from the Big Ten. You have to. You Kansas in there for basketball, Baylor in there for both basketball and football recently. And then, I mean, if I'm, if I'm Clemson and Florida State, do I take that call? Well, you know. <laughs> The call's not coming because they're good at sports. The call is going to come because they can drive a metropolitan area. Right. So does does KU have enough of the Kansas City market or a national market because of what they've done in basketball while being literally one of the worst teams in top-level football? They're an interesting team. I'm a bit biased because I spent so many years in Kansas City. I kind of have a soft spot for both Missouri and Kansas in that aspect and Kansas state, you know, Iowa state's another one that quietly has had a good program year after year, but they just do, they drive a market. And I don't think so. I think when you have Iowa, you don't need Iowa state, although it would be great for, you know, Iowa state's rivalries. Do you call Colorado? I mean, they've got Boulder. Boulder's a big town and they could command some of the Denver market. So do you go after Colorado and and bring one of Nebraska's traditional rivals in? You know, I think that's something that you'd have to look at. The first thing that we have to talk about, and we haven't talked about yet, is how this is all going to align. Like we know that there are some schools that are out in the middle of nowhere with the Big Twelve, with the Big Ten, and there are some that aren't. 
So we know that SC, I'm assuming, I would assume that come 24, they're just going to make an eight-team West Conference and an eight-team East Conference. And your West, which I think this is the first time that Nebraska and Iowa have ever been considered Western teams, would be Nebraska and Iowa and SC and UCLA. Who's the other four? Who are the other four Westernmost teams in an Easternmost league? I, I mean, I have I have that put up. They're not going to change. I think what they're going to do is, is obviously move one team over to the East and I have always felt, and I hate to say this, that the East was obviously the loaded side, but you should always put Wisconsin up. I wouldn't mind that. That's, well, then you, then you have a killer conference, or I'm sorry, killer division in the East. Now, you you can't break. I mean, you're not telling me that the East division will have either of the new teams. So that leaves you the Iowa Hawkeyes, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, the Purdue Boilermakers, Illinois Fighting Illini, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Or you move Northwestern over. It's Northwestern and Wisconsin pick one. I think it'd have to be Northwestern because Wisconsin and Minnesota have a traditional rivalry. Do they not? Don't they play for an axe or something? I mean, well, a lot of these teams do. So, I mean, you're you're doing something here. Right. But I think that is the only – you see, you're not going to be able to – I don't think Northwestern has that with any of the Western teams, as I use quote marks in the air, because, you know, we're talking about Minnesota being a Western team. I mean – that is that is some. They, this is as good a geography as they are at math anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, when, when and we joked, yeah, we joked at math hard, but then you look at a map and and somehow uh, Missouri is in the SEC East, and I just go, no, no, it's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's not. <laughs> Although Missouri's so, always been confused geographically, they weren't the South, they weren't the North. Now they're not the East, now or the West. So, you know, they're just Missouri. Ah, uh, yeah. So believe me, I, I get it. Now that I live here, I get it. Um, but, but like you were saying, what's next? Do we go to do we go to eighteen teams, twenty teams? Because what, you what know, is, we were talking about they got so we got let's let's say that they have an eleven to twelve game season. So you're going to have at least you need one game against the other conference. I would assume just for just in case you have a rivalry game that you somehow have to make up. So let's say they have one against the other conference. Right now they play seven games. So let's say they go to 20 because I don't think anybody's done. So let's say they add four more. So you, that's two more games on each side. So now you have nine conference game, nine division games, right? Because you have 10 teams. So nine division games, one against the other um, division, that's 10. And then you have one or two of the cupcake games to get ready for the season. And that's about where they are now. And you do away with the games against other leagues now can we see that happen with natural rivalries like oklahoma and and nebraska and and like oklahoma i'm assuming they're still going to play oklahoma state so do we eventually see oklahoma state join them in the sec just to keep their rivalry alive or you know does the sec is that one of their you know quote-unquote cupcake games every year so they can keep their um their rivalries alive i i question whether or not and, and again, we say super conferences, some of these teams aren't super. So do you see, pun intended here, the shucking of the Cornhuskers? Like, Nebraska hasn't lived up to Big Ten standards. and But Nebraska <laughs> brings money. I, I am not, like, trust me, hashtag Firefrost. If he loses to Northwestern and Ireland to start the season, 
I am going to be, my brother will not talk to me. My brother who lives in Nebraska will not talk to me during Nebraska football games or Nebraska football days. And I was told that I was not allowed to hashtag fire frost to him at any point for like the last four or five games last season. Cause he wasn't, he wasn't buying it. He was on the front. <laughs> so I don't think Nebraska goes anywhere because they demand TV time. They demand, you know, pe- people like me in New Mexico are watching Nebraska football. There is a huge following for Nebraska football in every single state in the union, except maybe Texas, but probably even there. So I don't think Nebraska is going anywhere. I think the teams that could really lose out are, are good teams. Like there could be good teams that really lose out because like I was talking about, if they don't have the fan, the national fan base or the metropolitan area to get them a home, what happens to Iowa State? What happens to K-State? I think Oklahoma State will be, when it gets down to it, I think Oklahoma will protect Oklahoma State from letting that happen. But I don't think that kind of relationship is there between Kansas and Kansas State. We know it's not between Iowa and Iowa State. And I think I think teams like Iowa State, Kansas State, and maybe even Kansas could, because they're either they don't demand a metropolitan area, they don't demand a viewership, Kansas does have a bit of that national following, but they're not good. They're good at basketball, but they're not good at the money sport. That's football. And I, so I don't know if, if Kansas can get picked up with somebody. So those teams are going to fall out, you know, and then you look at the other major conferences. I honestly, I mean, I don't know enough about the Pac-12, but the Pac-12 is as far as like what teams demand, you know, financially, whatever to, over here, like I grew up in Nebraska, and then I spent years in Colorado and, and Missouri, well, Kansas City, so I, that's Missouri and Kansas, and then now here in New Mexico. And I never, we don't get Pac 12 games unless, you know, they're late at night, I guess. So they're maybe they're just filling up the last spot. But I've never really, other than maybe the UC, UCLA, USC game, you know, the Pac 12 games are irrelevant outside of the Pacific time zone. So all of those teams that are getting left behind, they're in trouble. Yep. You know, I think like we were talking about earlier, I think Utah and Colorado are going to look for their homes. Utah, you know, helps to bring in Salt Lake City. There's a decent population base there. Um, but that's, you know, BYU territory too. And, well, you BYU's, know, BYU is already in the Big 12. So Right. And so does Utah and Colorado go to the Big 12 now and, and, you know, weaken the the Pac-12 even more, but but give the Big 12 a fighting shot. But the Big 12 is going to be hurting for cash compared to what they're used to making because they're not going to have Texas and Oklahoma when they negotiate their new TV conf- uh, contract. So how many ways can you split that pie? SC and UCLA bring money into the pie for the Big 10. And that is the most important part of all this realignment is every school that's going to get picked up, especially by the two primary conferences at this point, which are um, the SEC and the Big Ten, they're kind of driving the bus on this. And so they're going to choose, they're going to be looking for those big money schools first, but I don't know who's left after this move. I think this was the, um, I think this was the last really big move, but maybe you can think of somebody I'm not thinking of when it comes to major sports. I look at it this way. There are certain schools that are not picked up right now that bother me. One of them, I, let's get the homer pick out of the way. Yes, UConn. How is it that, a, and, and what UConn brings is actually, that they actually have a national following, 
which is, yes, it's predominantly basketball. Don't get me wrong, but in the money sport, they do suck. But their relevance is the Northeast, and it's, it's throughout New York and Boston. And that's a huge, huge relevant market. Like, they're going to get picked up by someone. So wasn't Rutgers supposed to kind of carry that New York market yeah, for they, the Big, that, that didn't big Ten? That didn't work. Okay, well, then you go. Yeah. And, and maybe that uh, – see, and I think that's the hard part is can you kick anybody out of these major conferences? Because, you know, just as much as it takes money to bring these teams in, it's going to take money to get them out. And you might be stuck with a Rutgers and have to hope that they can keep pace and, and bring their fair share because, you know, they are what they are. I mean, the second, I, uh, the second team I can't stand, but, I mean, you knew a little bit more of the story than I did, but, like, Notre Dame is still out well, there. Yeah, and, you know, I just – 100-year-old rivalries are, are, are something else. But, you know, in the 1920s, Michigan blackballed Notre Dame to try to keep them from growing any sort of relevance and actually force them into relevance by making them – go nationwide to play games and get a nationwide following. And of course they are the white whale of every conference and every conference is going to add them if they get a shot. And, you know, they get the AC, they play in the ACC for most sports except football, which they're an independent and they're one of the last remaining independents. I think eventually, you know, if, if we really do see super conferences and super leagues, like if DSC and, and, Big Ten were to split off and, and do their own thing, then, you know, that might give Army and Navy a better chance in the remade NCAA who, and they're currently, um, you know, they're current, or I don't know if Army is, but Navy's a, an independent. And I think that, uh, I think the independents are kind of going away, but, but Notre Dame's able to ride that wave. And as long as they can, I think they're going to. If at some point they're getting left out of the big, big money, but right now they're able to demand their own TV contracts. They get all the bull money. They don't have to share it with a conference. The BCS has made exceptions for them. The playoffs have made exceptions for them. It's it's been easy for Notre Dame. So it, because they bring money to the table, they bring fans, they bring all of that, like we're talking about, you know. And you know, of course, they're the big white well. But will they finally get over their hurt feelings with Michigan and and the rest of the original, you know, quote unquote, Western conference members that were, you know, the, the predecessor to the big 10. I mean, the big 10 isn't the, the big 10, isn't the big 10 anymore. The big 10 is definitely not the league. It was, you know, even 20 years ago. Right. So it's not, and, and, but I get the feeling that they're figuring out how they can be. And I almost hate this for the sense of, yeah, the SEC went for the money schools of Oklahoma and Texas. That's not who I would have chosen. That's not even who I would have reached out through. I didn't know USC and UCLA were there. I would have reached out to them. I would have taken them over the other two. Yeah, but I do. I do believe that Texas. See, Texas is as much as I hate them, and God knows I hate Texas more than any other school. I, I know. I know. And it's, it's, and Oklahoma is just a great rivalry to Nebraska, so it makes me sad that. They're besties with the devil, but they are what they are. But regardless, those two schools have honestly a bigger following. You'd have to look it up and people will contend this, but I would think that Texas and Oklahoma are going to bring you more money nationwide 
then and it give well they already well they had a and m so they had the pipeline to texas which you know you and i talk and, and you always think that a conference has to have you know a texas school so at this point that's going to be baylor or tcu i guess they could go get tcu but you know before we talk about the texas schools can we talk about the the coalition or whatever they were called between the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the ACC, because right now, um, that's obviously a joke. It was always supposed to be a handshake agreement that they weren't going to poach each other. Well, that didn't even last one year. Well, it didn't, but here's the problem. And, And I actually have a background on this one. The Big 12 was knocked out of that immediately. Oh, that's right. If you remember, because everybody picked up that Texas and Oklahoma were not going to be around. Word got around. That was the worst kept secret in all of college sports. Right, right. They were leaving. So that made them non-viable at that point. I understand that. The ACC and the Big Ten said, we're going to keep trucking on. And the Pac-12 said, fuck it. We're not going all the way east for all these games. Like, it just wasn't going to make sense for them. And they also probably knew they were going to get slaughtered. So, again, why not beat up on some cupcakes out west? and go from there. Now, the Big 12 is what screwed this up with that move. Not, well, not them, but Oklahoma and Texas. So now, I almost feel like that's reforming. And I mean, like, I've, I've made comments and thoughts that, like, who's next to go to another conference? Well, Clemson and Florida State. Miami going to go? Didn't even think about them. That's a huge market. I just don't see how Florida State and Miami don't end up in the SEC. I, it just makes sense. They're, the natural rivalries are there with Florida and some of the other schools, and it keeps them together. I just, I mean, really, is there anybody that Miami and Florida State would lose out on playing in the ACC that they really would care about when you're adding Florida and you could have oh. – all the prominent Florida schools in one conference and one division nope. at that. Not at all. I mean, all. my God, you make that Florida, Florida state game count. You make that Miami, Florida game count. I mean, they count because it's college football and every game counts, but, um, but you really make them count when they're divisional rivals. And and now if you, if you're, you know, if Miami goes in and loses to Florida and Florida state, now they're not only have they lost two games and are out of the national conference national championship picture, they're probably not winning their division at that point because they just lost to two division rivals. So they're not winning their conference. They're not winning the national title. They're not winning their division. I mean, that would, those games would really, really matter. And I think that would be really, really cool. Well, you mentioned, um, you mentioned Oklahoma state, the sec could go get them. Like you said, um, Miami, Florida state. Okay. If they get Clemson, they cleaned up. And I think, I think that to me, that would be their best route to get to 20 if that's what they want. Right. We we briefly talked about teams going to 24 and three conferences of eight, but the more I thought about that, um, and I think we talked about that off air, but the more yeah. I think about that, the more that doesn't work because you have to have even number of conferences. But even if you go to 24, then you have 11 opponents. So you still, so now you just, now what happens is you, it's almost too big because you're going to lose out on your cupcake games. And I think these teams are going to want two teams. They're going to want two preseason, you know, quote unquote preseason games, and they're not going to. I can't foresee them adding another game for college kids and having a 13 game season. I guess it's always on the table, 
But if you get to 24 teams, then you're at 11 games against division, one against, you know, either one against a cupcake or one against a team from the other side, plus your championship game, plus the playoffs. All of a sudden, these kids are playing 16 games in college. And, you know, are they built for it? And that's, that's a lot of football. So, so I'm wondering where, where it ends because I think we kind of hit it on the head at 20. I think 20, maybe 22, but I think 20 is going to be the magic number because four more teams. And at that point, like you said, you have Oklahoma State, the remaining two Florida major schools, plus Clemson for the SEC, that gets them to 20. Maybe Notre Dame goes, you know, Notre Dame goes to one of the two potentially. And then whatever, if Notre Dame would go to the SEC, then one of the four we just mentioned probably ends up in the big 10 or Oklahoma state ends up out in the cold. And then from there, I mean, who does, we can't even think about it in a geographical thing anymore. Cause we know that the big 10 don't care about geography. So what do they go get? They go and get Baylor. They maybe they go get TCU. Um, I, I actually thought they were going to go for Baylor. And I mean, if they're smart, because this is obviously there's some baseball and softball implications here. Baylor and ASU make a lot of sense. I don't think I just don't see ASU leaving Arizona. I don't. I think they're going to be a package deal. If they join up with anybody, then they're a package deal. So I think it could be if this keeps going. I could see Baylor and TCU because I think they've got value and. So Baylor, TCU, and then Colorado and Utah, or Utah and BYU. I just don't think – I don't know those I, – I could see Colorado because they do have a good relationship with Nebraska. They're, you know, a rival, a hated rival, but I think, you know, a neighboring state and a school that, you know, people from Nebraska want to see Colorado play or want to see Nebraska play and people from Colorado want to see, you know, as much as we want to talk to hate, there, there's definitely something there. So, I mean, Colorado, the two Texas schools, maybe Oklahoma State. I mean, like you talked about Kansas or even Kansas State has been better in sports in Kansas. You know, Oregon, but Oregon's bring... not going to get left out here either. And you got to remember, in some form or fashion, they will be a part of something because of Phil Knight. He will not well, let them die. And he maybe that many, oh, has too many ties to the community, so to speak. Well, and Phil Knight has all the he has he has the important ties to the community, it's the Jeffersons and the Franklins and and the Benjamins and you know th- those ties to the community really make things happen. So I could see what you're you saying say there. It. I kind of forgot about Phil Knight, but I think at the end it's going to lead to to so then you're going to so if you get those two conferences to twenty, then really you leave not really the ACC not decimated. Well, you know the ACC is decimated. They've lost. You know, three teams in this scenario, three major teams, Clemson, Florida, Florida State, or Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Miami, yep. The, and then the does, Big 12. Does now the Big lost. 12 become the other, the other proprietor? Is it like, does, does the Pac-12, and again, you're even think, some schools, but like Pac-12, I think Big that the 12, Pac-12, the ACC, and the, the, the ACC. yeah, the remnants of the Pac-12, the, the Big 12, and the ACC would have to, joined together and they would probably have about because because each of these conferences had 
what, 12 to 14 teams going into this year. Right. So I think I think that's right for without looking. Uh, no, I think, see, the, normally I I think the Big 12 had, these... Big 12 had 10. They lost two and then added four. So, like, hysterically, they I might they be were back one to of the 12. fastest growers in the fastest Maybe. way. Normally I prepare really heavily for this stuff, but you know, this is, I literally got home from work, ran inside. Is, we don't, we don't do emergency pods often, but yeah, this, this no. had to be talked about. So I, uh, I appreciate you being around. Um, I, I'm going to close the show unlike uh, Lewis normally does, but uh, tailgates, tips and takes folks, please find us on iTunes, Spotify, whatever your podcasting need is. Troy, thank you so much for uh showing up tonight again this was an emergency pod so i truly appreciate it and um you know emergently i just need to say fuck greenland you know what you (laughs) fucking did you always know what you did and you have yet to refute it on this pod so fuck you anyway long story short thank you sir and you uh, you have a good night sir and if anybody has problems with things i've said on here you can find me on twitter at voice in fuego and I would be glad to uh, continue this conversation. I just uh, activated about 100 Twitter accounts. So uh, have fun with that. Have a great <laughs> night, folks. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your holiday. Have a-